an anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Before I change my mind! I give you Super Train! Episode 440, the 2023 Year in Review, Part 1. As we've done in the past, we're going to take a look at the events, the passings, and our favorite shows in the year 2023. To start, we're going to talk about the news and happenings in the television world in 2023. We know about the big one. We're going to get to the big one a little bit later on, but we're going to start talking about on the 2nd of January, we almost saw on live TV, somebody pass away. I'm talking about DeMar Hamlin, the safety for the Buffalo Bills. Thankfully, he's still with us. And he's even active nowadays. But for a little while there, we thought we were going to uh, lose Damar. And this would not be the first time if it happened. And obviously, we don't want to wish anything negative on anybody. But this would not have been the first time somebody passed away playing a football game, an NFL football game. Because there is somebody, I believe, played for the Lions back in the 70s who uh, passed away on the field. Lions or Raiders or somebody like that. But yeah, thankfully he is still with us and still active. And I still remember uh, the reaction coming in in real time in 4K, all of the reaction. uh, It ranged from positive press for his charity, which got a lot of money and a lot of donations coming in from that. And also just a lot of reaction on the field where all of the players just stopped, took a breath, took a beat, took a knee, said a prayer. It was a very solemn time when this happens. We're going to jump to the 17th of January where the post-Trevor Noah era of The Daily Show began with the show returning from a five-week hiatus with Leslie Jones beginning a week-long stint as the guest host and maybe it's just me but they're still doing a host search of sorts or rather maybe not a host search but just randomly putting people in in the hosting position when the daily show airs because i don't watch the daily show that often but it seems like every time i turn on comedy central at 11 o'clock or look in my my dvr It seems like reruns of South Park or The Office, something else is airing at that point. So maybe The Daily Show's on its last legs? And with that, we'll go to the 19th, two days later. And I know Greg's going to have stuff to say about this, and I do too, but I'm going to defer to Greg. The CW gets into the world of live sports with Live Golf. Uh... I was waiting for some sort of commentary about how it's golf uh, being paid with Saudi Arabian blood money, but. Oh yeah. It's absolutely terrible. Now I should note, if you want the definitive on live golf, Dan O'Toole 
had on his podcast, Boomsies, a segment about how awful live golf is, about how he does not understand this and why anyone would even give a shit about this. I'm personally wondering how a golfer I've never heard of just got paid this week as the time we're recording $300 million to play for live golf. Are you talking about John Rahm? Yes, never heard of him. He won the Masters this year, and everyone is pissed at him because he was like one of the vocal people who was against live. Money talks. Well, I hope Jamal Khashoggi's ghost haunts John Rahm to the grave. We're going to jump ahead to February, where on the 3rd, we saw somebody on television that really we haven't seen in eight years at that point. The person I'm talking about is Paul Schaefer and the world's most dangerous band filled in on The Tonight Show. And that was amazing. Yeah, they were in town for the Grammys, if I'm not mistaken. So this would be their first appearance at 30 Rock since the end of late night. So yeah, well over 30 years at that point. Correct. February 16th. Maybe not big news, but Ryan Seacrest announces that he's going to step down as a co-host and executive producer on Live with Kelly and Ryan. And we've talked about this. The new sidekick to Kelly is her husband, Mark Consuelos. And I don't want to spoil what's going to come up in a little bit. We may not even mention it now that I say this, but Ryan Sequest, Ryan Sequest. God damn it. Ryan Sequest DSP. No, keep, keep that but, in. No, that's staying. Ryan's. Yeah. <laughs> what about, hold on. What about Ryan Seacrest 2020? Hold on. What That's about Ryan Seacrest? C-Lab 2020. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest 2020. 2032. Seacrest 2032. You don't right. look like Jonathan Brandis to me? So as I was saying, Ryan Seacrest, he's going to be the host of Wheel of Fortune starting in the 2024-2025 season. Going to March, on the 8th of March, Fremantle, who, you know, uh, produces shows including The Price is Right, Press Your Luck, other game shows primarily, announced that they're leaving CBS Television City to Haven Studios in Glendale. You see the changes in the current episodes of Price is Right. I don't think it's as apparent on Press Your Luck. Besides the fact that they say in the open for both the shows, from Haven Studios, instead of from Hollywood or from Television City or what have you. And the new studio for Price is Right is significantly smaller than the studio at Television City, which, while it's more intimate, and I'm talking about the seating, how it was pre-COVID, where you had about 320 people there. Now I think it's down to about half that, to about 160 to 175. So if you go see the Price is Right, in Glendale, your likelihood of getting picked just about doubled. But it looks beautiful on TV, and they made a good move. I know people are going to probably bash me saying, hey, they've been a television city forever. Yeah, but they want to do renovations, and things happen. Things change. Got to get used to change. One big story that really has been throughout the year this takes us to March 14th, approximately, is the issues with 
Bally Sports. Because Bally Sports in many markets has next to no money, if not any money, period. And there actually have been plans for a number of markets to have Major League Baseball buy the rights just because, unfortunately, the rights would cost so much money uh, for it to air locally. I'm specifically talking about Cleveland because they're one of the markets that's being affected. The number that uh, it costs to air the Guardians games is something in the range of 35 to $40 million. And I believe that doesn't even include production costs. The camera people, the sending of uh, the people who do the game across the country. Yeah, it's pricey. It's probably outpricing any local market. Just happens to be the nature of the beast. But we'll see what happens with that. Bally's probably is not going to be around much longer in the sports market. For better or for worse. Well, it was bleeding money as it was starting. Because Diamond Sports Group was partly owned by Sinclair, who know how to push message but doesn't know how to manage money. I think we know my feelings and also Greg's feelings about Sinclair. You know, my feelings too. The only Sinclair I like is Earl Sinclair. And Robbie when he's not on the Thornoids. And Baby, are we forgetting Baby? Well, the whole family is really good in my opinion. Oh, and speaking of that, NECA released figurines of uh, Earl Sinclair and Baby Sinclair, and I want them badly. Going to April 20th, we talked about how the CW got into the world of live sports by getting the rights to live golf. Did you know that Ion, the former PAX TV, also got into the live sports biz in 2023? They got the rights to air some WNBA games. Yeah, it's not a big league. Even live golf, as much as we despise it, it's got its name out there. WNBA... It gets dogged on a lot, and, I mean, it's been around 27 seasons now, I think, 26 seasons, and it just hasn't caught on here. Overseas, they love their women's basketball, but I got to say, good on them. Yes, they got a contract uh, to air games on ION, which is maybe glorified cable, if you will, but at least it's something. It gets some sort of exposure that they – had a little bit. I mean, I know ABC aired uh, WNBA games and ESPN aired some WNBA games, but good on uh, Ion for stepping up to the plate, especially since women's sports are getting bigger and bigger. Look at soccer, for example. On April 24th, and we're going to make this one really quick, Fox News parts ways with Tucker Carlson. Hooray. Moving on to the next story. And actually, on the same day, if you remember... CNN parted ways with Don Lemon. Good thing Keesla's not here because she'd probably start crying. She's a David Muir lady now. Oh, she's turned her back on Don Lemon. But David Muir, he hosts World News Tonight. So, you know, in some sort of way, she's sort of paying respect to Frank Reynolds. That's true. I didn't even think of that. May 2nd, I think this is the big story of the year. I think you know what we're going to talk about. The Writers Guild of America, they started a strike, and it shut down just about everything. 
Now, that's the writer's strike. We're going to talk about the actor's strike in a little bit. And that's the reason why, if you watch TV nowadays, number one, that's why you've got shows like Raid the Cage, and you've got Price is Right in primetime, and you've got Let's Make a Deal in primetime, and you have ABC going heavy on the games. They've got to fill their network time, their primetime schedule somehow. Could have been reruns. I know there's some shows that I would like to have seen that I haven't seen. I got to catch up on Abbott Elementary, to be honest. I love that show. It's so realistic compared to how my life is. May 30th, we actually had the first casualty of the Diamond Sports Group, the Bally's that we talked about earlier. A week after failing to make a rights payment before the end of a fee grace period, the Diamond Sports Group informed the San Diego Padres that it will no longer provide financing to Bally Sports San Diego that would enable the regional sports network to continue paying fees to the team. So that was the first domino was the Padres. And ultimately what happened is that production for the Padres regional telecasts, starting with the following game, May 31st, they're aired on alternate channels on Cox, Spectrum, Uverse, DirecTV, and Fubo within San Diego, along with, for the first time ever, a blackout-free direct-to-consumer option via MLB TV or MLB.TV. Yay! And the announcers for the game, they did not get affected at all because they're employed by the Padres directly. So Don Orsillo, Mark Grant, and Bob Scanlon, they kept their jobs. And today I found out that Bob Scanlon was doing announcing for the Padres, which is cool. He was a good uh, middle reliever back in the day. On June 7th, this person, you may not know him by name, but we will talk about who he is and how his position or uh, what he does has been changed. Jay Johnston, an actor, was arrested by the FBI for his involvement in the January 6th, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. You may not know the name, but you know the character he played on Bob's Burgers because he played Bob Belcher's nemesis across the street, Jimmy Pesto. And because of that, we have a different voice for Jimmy Pesto this season. Not that anybody's complaining. Well, I have something to say. If you see the pictures of Jimmy Pesto, because I'm not going to refer to him by his real name. I'm just going to refer to him as Jimmy Pesto. If you see the photos of Jimmy Pesto in the Capitol, oh, he is one ugly looking mofo. And he doesn't make good decisions, obviously. No, he's a stupid person. A very, very stupid person. He gave away a really good thing because Bob's Burgers is in its 13th season. So he gave up a pretty good gig because, well, he's a dumbass. Yeah. You know who's playing Jimmy Pesto now? I've heard the voice, but I don't know who gives him the voice. Eric Bowser. Wait, the host of Match Game Hollywood Squares gives Jimmy Pesto voice now? Bowser? Eric Bowser. I hear you. You have that Boston accent. Bowser? Bowser. He thinks I got a Boston accent. Man. Bowser. He played Bingo in the 2019 Banana Splits movie. Oh, yeah, like a lot of us saw that. Everybody saw the 2019 
sports movie. That's what all the kids are talking about. They all talk about, hey, remember that 2019 banana sports movie? Yeah, that was amazing. I didn't know until earlier this week there was a 2019 banana splits movie. What? I didn't. I, I Well, obviously, uh, if you've known me for a while, I don't go to movies. I haven't been to a movie theater since 2005. I did not know there was a banana splits movie in 2019. It was a straight to Blu-ray banana. Well, splits. that's probably why I missed it, because it didn't end up in a theater. Great. Now I'm going to have to find that. Yep. He's also the voice of Woody Woodpecker on the 2018 version of the Woody Woodpecker show. Now, I didn't know there was a 2018 version <laughs> of Woody Woodpecker. Now, I didn't know this either. Was it something made for Cartoon Network? No, it was made for Netflix, I believe. Oh, that explains it. Another thing that I'm not subscribed to. Okay. We're going on to June 12th. That was the day that Pat Sajak announced on social media that he's going to retire as host of Wheel of Fortune. And as we mentioned earlier, we're going to have Ryan Seacrest hosting starting in September of 2024. The 21st of June, we actually had another, I don't want to say retirement, we'll say quitting, uh, of a big name. In the form of Geraldo Rivera quit Fox News talk show The Five. Okay, it's not a big TV show. I've never even heard of the five, but Geraldo Rivera, he is. Uh, I'm going to call him a legend just because he's been doing this for close to 50 years. Uh, and actually, believe it or not, he lives maybe about 10 miles away from me. He actually lives about 10 miles away from me because uh, for a while, maybe up until about uh, 2021, 2022, he actually had an hour-long morning show on WTM here in Cleveland that I believe he recorded out of his house. You know what I hope someone gave him for as a retirement gift? Surprise me. A chair thrown right at his face. <laughs> oh my gosh. I knew you were going to make a joke about that. I just didn't know where you are going to be going. And actually, that reminds me of a joke my sister used to make, and it was the funniest damn thing. So if you remember the picture of Geraldo Rivera's face all bandaged up and whatnot, he had like a bunch of bandages on his nose because I think his nose is broken. So my sister actually, <laughs> I don't know why she did this, but this is absolutely hilarious. At least, you know, when talking about like a 13-year-old or 12-year-old girl doing this, anytime she got onion rings, she'd put an onion ring on her nose and say, hey, look at me, I'm Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> And I'm like, you are so stupid, but you're absolutely friggin' hilarious. That is spot on with that because Geraldo Rivera had all these bandages around his nose and she put an onion ring in her nose and say, I'm Geraldo Rivera. And then at the dinner table, she had the smoothie. She'd go, Ben, Ben. Ben. <laughs> no, no, no. That was down in Cincinnati when uh, I was visiting colleges. Uh, th that's when she did the Yuri Geller bending spoon thing and dad got pissed at her and saying, you're going to get us kicked out. <laughs> no, no, this is something she just did. Like anytime we got onion rings in the late eighties, early nineties, Hey, I'm a world of Rivera. It's like, you idiot. Stop it. <laughs> and sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
on July 2nd, something happened that impacted a lot of markets. It impacted my market, and it may have impacted Chico's market, and it may have impacted Greg's market. What I'm referring to is the removal of 159 Nexstar Media Group-owned stations. Here in Cleveland, I did not get any Fox programming until I believe it was mid-September. I think it was the second week of the football season. Chico, I think you said that it affected you too. Nexstar owns the local CBS station. And you didn't have access to that station for a couple of months, I'm guessing? Yeah. Greg, did it affect you by chance? So Nexstar now owns WPIX, and I don't know if I was paying attention to Channel 11 that time, so I'm going to guess no. I don't recall hearing anything about it. Moving to the 15th of July, this is the other big date this year that really affected television industry. You have the SAG after strike starting. So that means now, at this point, you have the writers on strike and you have the actors on strike. Hollywood, at least on the television side, has essentially shut down. And movies, too, because when we're talking about writing and acting, yes, it does go to movies as well but now hollywood is totally on strike everybody except the big wigs who own the networks and the production studios and whatnot and of course we know that uh, that ended in november and we're going to have new shows uh, i believe some of them are going to start after the super bowl because i know i've seen ads for like cbs shows specifically ghosts coming after the super bowl in 2024 so if you hang in there for just about another month or so, you're going to have new programming. New scripted programming, I should say. And due to both strikes, the Writers Guild strike and the SAG after strike, the Emmy Awards actually got pushed from September 18th to January 15th of 2024. So if you want to see the Emmy Awards for the 2022-2023 season, they're going to come to you in about uh, two, two and a half weeks. And the Creative Emmy Awards also got moved. They're happening the weekend of January 6th to the 7th of 2024. And this is the first time that an Emmy ceremony has been postponed since 2001 because of the September 11th attacks and the start of the Afghan war. A television change that happened this year due to those strikes, for the first time in almost 20 years abc is airing monday night football they have to fill the time somehow and you can only air so much of uh, dancing with the stars and the bachelor and the golden bachelor and whatever other types of bachelors they have out there nowadays on the 21st of september rupert murdoch announced that he's stepping down as chairman of fox corp and news corp and his son lachlan is uh, going to take over I want to say it's time, but it's really time because what is Rupert Murdoch? 93, 94? He's definitely in his 90s. He old. 92. I was a year off. He'll be 93 in March. So now he can sit back and count his money that maybe I should use the word blood money again. Eh, it's maybe not blood money, but. Wait, hold on. Are we sure he even still has any money from that Dominion lawsuit? Ooh. Good point. 
I got a question. Does it say anywhere on that calendar thing on Wiki about Becky Lynch on Celebrity Jeopardy? It does not say anything about Becky Lynch on Celebrity oh. Jeopardy. But yeah. hey, you know, we might as well add it there. I don't know what date it happened. It happened in the last month or so. So must have happened around Thanksgiving, maybe even a little bit later. But Becky Lynch became the first person in Jeopardy history talking about any type of Jeopardy, the original, the 78 revival, the current version, the different spinoffs of Jeopardy. She became the first person in Jeopardy history to not get a single correct answer throughout the course of a show. And since this is Celebrity Jeopardy, there were 90 clues in play. 91 because she would have played in Final Jeopardy since they spot people who are in the negative like $1,000 for funsies. 91 clues. She did not get a single clue right. Well, I can explain this. She's Irish. <laughs> because Irish people apparently don't know how to play Jeopardy. I don't know. Is this an appropriate moment to mention that Stephen Fry is hosting the UK version of Jeopardy now? Sure, you can say that. And it looks absolutely beautiful from what I've seen. Can't wait for that. Another corporation that owns a lot of television stations removed from uh, the DirecTV service and UVerse and whatnot, uh, their television stations on November 30th, 66 stations uh, in 52 markets owned by Tegna were removed. And we're affected here in Cleveland because WKYC is a Tegna station and they haven't been on my service for about, as of the time we're recording, close to about two weeks. They just have some generic, well, if you want to get this station, you can go here or here or here, or, you know, put your money here. It's multimillionaires who are trying to fleece us people, the common man. And then also, I think uh, we would be remiss. We're going to mention this in the obituaries, but uh, December 6th, all five major networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, CW, started their primetime evening schedules by simulcasting an in-memoriam tribute card to Norman Lear, who died the previous day. I think it's fitting. He was an amazing person, created some amazing TV shows, really gave us a lasting legacy that will be around forever. And believe it or not, in the week before he passed away, he was still working on TV shows. He supposedly wanted to bring back Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. I think it was turned down by TBS when their shift went from comedy to elsewhere wherever it's gone over the last five years. But Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman was, was supposed to be a TBS show. And now TBS said, nope, we're going in a different direction. He was retooling that. So that may be something to look out for maybe in 2024, maybe 2025, but there may be a new version of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman coming down the line just about in time for this 50th anniversary of the original version. Cause that started in 76. On December 15th, Mayim Bialik announced on social media that she had been fired from Jeopardy. So now Ken Jennings is the sole host, and I'm guessing that means in future installments of Celebrity Jeopardy and other primetime endeavors, it's the Ken Show. 
probably didn't help Mayim's cause that she didn't cross the picket line. I mean, I don't blame her for not crossing the picket line, but that probably led to her downfall, to be totally honest. So we had some shows that debuted in the course of 2023. Some good, some meh. We'll start off with, on January 17th, the revival of my favorite comedy show of all time. And if you have listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know I absolutely love Night Court. You have the new version of Night Court. It's a little bit different than the old version. Specifically the characters, because obviously uh, a number of people are not with us any longer. Marky Post and Harry Anderson and Charles Robinson. And sadly, just within the last uh, month or two, Richard Mull. But you have John Larroquette. He's not as feisty, if you will, as he was on the original version. But he does a great job sort of connecting the past to the present. And then... Magnum P.I., yes, it's been around for a number of years on CBS, but on February 19th, it ended up on NBC. Not often you see that nowadays, where a network cancels a show and then another network swoops up almost immediately. Because I believe Magnum P.I. was still on CBS until the end of the 2021-22 season. Yes, and I think it can be explained by Magnum PI is owned by NBC Universal. Another show that got revived with a new season in a new place is Futurama. It had been on Fox for three, four seasons back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Then Comedy Central revived it around 2011, 2012 for a couple of seasons. And now it's on Hulu. Another show, and this probably hasn't had an original episode in close to 10 years, but it got revived this year, and I'm glad because I love this show, Kitchen Nightmares. Don't tell me you don't love Kitchen Nightmares. I do love Kitchen Nightmares. Kitchen Nightmares crawled so that Bar Rescue could walk. I'll agree with you on that. And (laughs) really, now that I think about it, yeah, your, your John Taffer does come across as very Gordon Ramsay-like. And there are some classic episodes of Kitchen Nightmares. If you can find Amy's Baking Company. Oh, God. Oh, there you go. Chico knows about oh, Amy's God. Baking Company. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Is that not the best episode or couple episodes? Because I think it was either a two-parter <laughs> or a three-parter. And it was a two-parter. And you want to talk about drama? Oh, my God. Drama, drama, drama. If you can find it, then uh, another reboot that happened on October 12th, Frasier returned. Hadn't had a new episode in almost 20 years. It went from NBC to Paramount Plus. And actually, I do believe I've seen episodes of the new Frasier end up on, I'm going to assume CBS because, you know, putting on NBC wouldn't make much sense because they're Peacock and, and Paramount Plus would be Viacom and CBS and all that. And wait, Aqua Teen Hunger Force has new episodes? Aqua Teen Hunger Force has new episodes. November 26th. Okay, I need to set my VCR for that. Hopefully it isn't as bad as the last uh, two, three, four seasons of the original version where they changed the name every year and sort of really went off the rails. Wait, you still have a VCR mic in 2023? 
DVR. Oops. D- D- DVR is just the digital VCR. Whatever. You knew what I meant. Yes, we did. And now we're going to get to some shows that ended in 2023. This will be quick. There's not a lot of really big names on here, in my opinion. January 18th, you have the last episode of Home Economics. I saw that a few times on ABC. I like that. And really, not going to lie, I was just so happy that Sashir Zamata had a job. Am I the only one who likes Sashir Zamata on uh, SNL or Zameda? Zameda. But am I the only person who liked her on SNL? No. I just thought she was overshadowed by Leslie Jones is all. Fair point. And then, oh, I didn't know this. On February 17th, the Animaniacs reboot on Hulu ended? Yeah. Oh. They had a three-season deal, but they cut the third season down from 13 episodes to, like, 10. And then a week later, February 24th, one of our favorites the last couple of years got canceled. Young Rock. Yeah. I got to admit, I think putting up against SmackDown on Friday nights did not help. I think just moving it to Friday nights didn't help because we know that Friday nights is generally a dead zone. I know that, but I mean, you have it up against wrestling when the show's a wrestling show. I get that. I totally get that. March 31st was the date of the cancellation of another show that was beloved around here. Doogie Kamealoha, MD. That was one of many shows that got robbed by Disney+. Plus. I mean, we didn't even talk about Willow yet. The Mighty Ducks, Game Changers, and The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Okay, I skipped over Willow. It was canceled on January 11th. It was like a red wedding at Disney Plus this year for some reason. I don't see that many shows that Disney Plus got rid of. That was like the main show that uh, that Disney Plus got rid of uh, outside of High School Musical, the musical, the series. April 24th, HBO canceled the new Perry Mason. Well, not the new Perry Mason. That's a totally different show. But they canceled the Perry Mason reboot. I thought that was supposed to be something big. You want to talk about something big? You skipped over April 20th, my friends. That was the last episode of Star Trek Picard. Well, again, in the grand scheme of things, in my mind, where does Star Trek fall? Near the bottom. Dead last. I I wasn't going to say dead last. I was going to say near the bottom. But yeah, you know where my mindset is regarding sci-fi shows minus Doctor Who. And then we mentioned earlier on April 27th, the Late Late Show with James Corden ended. And to a lesser extent, the Late Late Show franchise, going back from 1995 with Tom Snyder, because it's being replaced with After Midnight, starting next year. I cannot wait for that. Even though I'll never be able to watch it live and participate, I cannot wait for that. At Midnight was amazing. And I say that having actually seen a show live in Hollywood. It was just absolutely amazing how much humor there was in about a 90 minute span and how they edited that 90 minutes down to 22 or whatever. They left so much good stuff on the cutting room floor, sadly, but you got 22 minutes. You got to fit 90 quality minutes into 22. 
I will say they'll never top the episode with Iron Sheik. <laughs> August 16th, ABC canceled, and this is sad because this was a decent reboot. The Wonder Years. That was a victim of the dual strikes right there. A lot of things that we're going to see are victims of the strikes. Well, not really, because earlier that May, the Goldbergs and A Million Little Things both came to what I like to say, a natural end. Going back a little bit in time, the Goldbergs ended on May 3rd, and that ran for a decade. One of the really good shows out there, sort of, I don't want to say under the radar, but it was a very fun show. But don't watch it near the end when you have to see the CGI Jeff Gorland. And that same night, A Million Little Things ended. You know how every episode seems to be an emotionally jarring experience? This was a complete emotional collapse for me. May 25th, two shows ended. Well, one was canceled, the other was formally ended. Both syndicated shows, both ran for well over 20 years. Judge Mathis was canceled. I can't believe Judge Mathis was canceled. He was maybe the most wholesome of the judge shows that were still on TV. And also, for better or for worse, Dr. Phil ended. May 26th, the very next day, marked the end of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. May 28th, we had two HBO shows ending. And both are beloved around here. And we actually spent, I believe, an episode, not a whole week, dedicated to one of these shows. Succession ended, as did our favorite, Barry. Yes. Oh. You know how sad I am. No more no-ho Hank on my television. Going forward to July 11th, another cancellation, this time on Hulu, another one of our favorites as of late, How I Met Your Father. All right, Chico, go ahead. Say it. Hillary Duff and Kim Cattrall and the rest of the cast got a raw deal on that. I mean, there was still so much more story to tell. There's still so much more connections to How I Met Your Mother that needed to happen. We got an unfinished story. That show wrote a check that those motherfathers on Hulu refused to cash. I also think it was a victim of the strike. Another long-running syndicated show that came to an end, canceled on July 21st, The People's Court. And the current version of the People's Court that just ended this year had been in syndication for, I believe, 25 seasons. Because remember, it started off with Ed Koch as the judge. Then you had uh, Jerry Scheinlin, Judge Judy's husband. And then for like the last, gosh, probably 20 years, you've had uh, Marilyn Millian. Isn't Judge Marilyn going to have like her own show coming up soon? Just like every TV judge. They'll probably get some sort of show through Byron Allen. Well, no, I'm not kidding, because look at Judge Mathis. He's got a Byron Allen show, and and the first judge from uh, Divorce Court, uh, Judge Ephraim, she's got a court show with Byron Allen, and uh, Glenda Hatchett has a judge show with Byron Allen, and uh, uh, the, the woman from Paternity Court, she's got her own show with Byron Allen. So it seems like when judges get canceled, 
they sort of find a second life doing a Byron Allen judge show. All these people getting revivals, but no judge Gino and in personal injury court. Where's the justice? We need a revival about the sex swing. We got to hear about big D again. And more of this legal sauce. Oh, yeah. well, hold it now. Hey, it's now legal sauce post COVID. I want to know what happened to the legal sauce after COVID because that was pre COVID legal sauce. Uh, Post COVID legal sauce is going to be so spicy. Apparently, we're mixing legal sauce with uh, hot ones. I'd watch that. July 27th, iCarly got canceled off of Paramount Plus. On a cliffhanger, it was like Carly and Freddie decided to get married. And then the last words out of Carly Shay's mouth, Mom? And that was the show. That sucks ending on a cliffhanger. Another longtime syndicated show ended on July 28th in the form of Rachel Ray. I thought I saw that her show was still airing in syndication. Maybe it's just like Dr. Phil and Judge Judy. They've got so many shows and they're still so popular. We can show the shows as long as we don't make references to when the show aired. They all look the same. They have the same general theme. We could rerun it till the tapes burn out. Well, I know it's digital, but you get the Fear the Walking Dead ended on November 19th. Yes, it wasn't as big as the original version, but still a big loss. I guess AMC had to cancel something so they could show back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back holiday movies. I'm sorry. I just was watching AMC a couple days ago, and they showed Elf, like, Three times in one day. I get it's a decent movie, but, you know. But, hey, I did get to see Ted Friend play the NY1 news anchor. I didn't know that Ted Friend's role in Elf was so big because, like, the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie was all about the news broadcast about Will Ferrell's character being in Central Park. Yeah. I told you it was a big thing. I was like, oh, wow, he's the NY1 anchor in Elf. I thought that was just a reaction. I didn't know that was like sort of like emphasizing his role in the movie. Yeah. And coming up, we're recording this before this happens. And I'm actually interested in seeing this. Archer's coming to an end on December 17th. It makes sense to a point, I think, because you did lose Jessica Walter and she was a vital character on that show. And also on the 19th, two days later, Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel is ending. Yeah, that was on for like a long time, Real Sports with Bryant 1995. Gumbel. I didn't know that was on for almost 30 years. Wow. I didn't know that either. So those are the shows that ended in 2023. That will do it for part one of our 2023 year in review. I know we've missed a few shows in that last segment, and I know we didn't cover everything in the world of television in the first segment. We didn't want the show to be four hours long between this part and the second part. As always, don't forget you can go to our website at itwasathingontv.com where you can listen to all the previous episodes. We've got all sorts of great stuff there, including mini-shows, live shows, extended versions of previous episodes. We have everything. And also remember, we're on all social media, including Instagram, Threads, and Mastodon over at It Was A Thing on TV. Except at Facebook, you need to go to 
It was a thing on TV podcast. And please remember, if you want to follow us on Mastodon, you need to search for us at it was a thing on TV at tvwatch.party. And also, don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever fine podcasts can be streamed at Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Audible, Google Podcasts, at least until early April. And speaking of Google Podcasts, since it's going to be incorporated into YouTube, don't forget to go on YouTube where you can like and subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to hit that notification bell to stay informed of all future uploads on the channel, including what's coming up on Saturday, the second half of the 2023 year in review. We're going to cover our favorite new shows this year, and also we're going to do our in memoriam section. As always, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with you on Saturday for the second half of the 2023 year in review.